HubSpot is a CRM software, uh, I'm sorry, inbound marketing software with $1.7 billion turnover. That's the important bit. They've grown with a really aggressive digital marketing approach, which doesn't always make loads of sense. But anyway, today we're going to be taking a look at exactly how HubSpot has grown past a billion using digital marketing and which bits you should copy across SEO, content marketing, pay-per-click and conversion rate optimization. We're also going to look at how their strategy has changed over time because there's loads that we can learn from that. We're going to take a look at some of the really weird stuff that they're doing and what they're doing to now take things to a new level. Of course, the goal of all of this is to identify the lessons and learnings that you can take and apply to your own digital marketing. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing page. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm CEO of Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency helping our clients get more leads and sales to their websites. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. Today, we're analyzing HubSpot, the $1.7 billion software giant that has built their brand using a fairly unusual mix of different digital marketing strategies. Today, we're going to be deep diving into exactly what they've done to do that and drawing out the most important lessons. Now, first things first, HubSpot made some very good marketing decisions early on in the business. In a podcast with Kip Bodnar, who's the CMO of, uh, of HubSpot, he mentions that HubSpot in the early days decided to define their own category of inbound marketing. Now, if you don't know what HubSpot is, it's basically marketing automation software. So it's software that allows you to send emails to people based on different behavioral triggers, capture emails on your website, and then they expanded it to include a content management system and various other bits and bobs of basically CRM. That's essentially what it is. But what they decided to do is rather than fight it out in the marketing automation space, they decided to identify and categorize themselves as inbound marketing software, which was a completely new term. Now, to be totally honest with you, inbound marketing is basically just marketing and lead generation. There's really nothing new here, and they didn't really invent anything new. But what they did do is they invented a new label for it, and they stuck things together so that it felt new enough. So this is a great thing to do, because what happened is, as they built the visibility of inbound marketing as a strategy, and they could build, uh, you know, they wrote books about inbound marketing, they had podcasts about inbound marketing, got loads of people talking about inbound marketing. Well, of course, HubSpot owned that term, they owned the ranking for it, they had all the content already produced. We did a very similar thing with one of our clients a while back, they were selling HR software, but rather than fighting it out with other HR software, they called it continuous performance management, they had this new sort of approach. And they said, you know, continuous performance management is the future of uh, performance appraisals and all this type of stuff. So we built all the content, we built all the rankings on the site for this phrase, knowing that as we built visibility for this new term, and this what we're trying to build into an industry trend, we will be there to pick up the rewards for that. So it's sort of it's information marketing, but actually it ends up being branded marketing because you've owned that term. So this is a really smart strategy. And like I say, HubSpot wrote a book about this, they wrote blogs about it, they really sort of owned it. This also allowed them to choose a common enemy of outbound marketing. Outbound marketing is evil. Outbound marketing is billboards and getting in people's faces and being all obnoxious. Whereas inbound marketing 
everyone comes to you. You never have to make a cold call. You don't have to go out there and interrupt people and annoy people. So it's really, it's a compelling thing, right? I'm talking to you about this. You're probably thinking, yeah, yeah, that sounds really cool. Well, inbound marketing is basically just content marketing. It's as old as the hills. It's happened pre-internet. There's nothing new here at all. But defining this term was a really sensible decision for them. And in many ways, built the foundation of everything that they're able to build on after that. It also forced them to get really clear about all of their marketing messaging, their target audience, what they stood for and what they stood against, which is so useful as a marketing agency. It's so useful when a company already knows that stuff. And if we can get it all sorted at the start of a campaign, it makes everything else that we do so much easier. Now, another piece of advice, very good piece of advice from Kip, the HubSpot uh, CMO, is to find a scalable marketing channel. And in particular, HubSpot over the years has used paid, primarily search ads and organic search. Those were the two channels that they've really scaled the business. They obviously do other stuff as well, but they've really heavily relied and put loads and loads of time and energy behind search. So great, let's start there. Let's have a look at how they've used these channels. If HubSpot's so great about inbound marketing, let's see how good they really are at doing it for themselves. Well, if we start by having a look at their SEO, I'm just gonna stick them into SEMrush and we can see they're generating about currently 4.8 million searches, uh, 4.8 million visitors per month through organic search. And that's just in the US. So this is a fairly mature SEO site. This is, uh, you know, decent traffic volumes, loads of branded traffic as well, obviously, because HubSpot's a very popular solution. But as I start to look down the different keywords that HubSpot's ranking for, there's some super weird stuff in here, right? So first two terms, HubSpot, HubSpot login, those are branded and actually navigational terms, people searching for, you know, they want to log into HubSpot because they use it all the time. The next term that's bringing them in the most traffic is actually quotes, quotes. And the page that's ranking is a page on their blog called Famous Quotes. Okay, slightly odd. We'll come back to that. Uh, the term after that is real estate license. And they've got a page on their blog called How to Get a Real Estate License. After that, Instagram. Yep, they're ranking position 12 for Instagram because they've got a page on their site about Instagram marketing. And this is basically the story of HubSpot's rankings. They've got a whole bunch of different terms that they're ranking for. In fact, I'm going to break down the terms that they're ranking for or the content types that they've got basically into three different sections. Firstly, we've got really generic targeting terms that they're, that you know, really generic terms they're going after with their content. For example, quotes, they're ranking position uh, or they're ranking in the people also asked for quotes. Uh, they've got inspirational quotes they're ranking for, uh, famous quotes they're ranking position one, quotes about change. They've got a whole bunch of content on their site about quotes, in particular a blog called Famous Quotes, the 100 most famous quotes of all time. They've even got a YouTube video where they're showing all these quotes. There's a call to action on this page of download now 250 famous quotes. You click on this, rather confused, you get a guide which basically opens, you click on a button, you fill in your email address, and you end up in a Google Sheets template, which you copy to your own Google Drive. And it's a whatever, it's six tabs, there's an instruction section, and then you've got all of these different quotes in this Google Sheet, you're probably thinking, what has this got to do with CRM? Trust me, we'll, we'll follow this rabbit hole until we get there. 
you've got all of these different quotes. They're broken down by famous quotes, movie quotes, teamwork quotes, change quotes, and motivational quotes, right? Okay. Another example of this sort of content is um, icebreakers. So icebreaker games, they're ranking position one for with a blog called 70 fun, not cheesy icebreaker games and activities your team will enjoy in 2023. Okay, yep, right, I can see this, how this generates loads of business for a CRM company. The call to action is download now, free culture code template. This is a really long detailed post, loads of detail about these different icebreakers that you can do. Okay, now this looks mad, I know. There is a kind of logic to it, which we'll come back to in a bit. The next type of content that they're publishing outside this sort of generic targeting terms is what I'm calling industry specific stuff. Right. So going back to that example of the real estate license, how to get a real estate license, they've got a blog that's ranking for that ranking really nicely, a long detailed blog. And at the end, the CTA is free real estate strategy template. Same thing, click on it, fill in your email, then you get some sort of template, uh, usually a Google file. Uh, they've also got a post on small business ideas. So if you search for small business ideas in the US, the top ranking site, 60 small business ideas for anyone who wants to run their own business. And the call to action is download now a free business startup kit. The third type of content that they're publishing to get this sort, these sorts of rankings are marketing topics. So p things that marketers are going to be searching for, for example, 48 call to action examples, you can't help but click. And there's a downloadable CTA template or uh, what's this one, the inbound lead generation guide. Okay, so these are like, they're, they're very specifically marketing, they're not just inspirational quotes, they're not icebreaker games, they're not small business ideas, they're actually designed for marketers. So we've got those three topics, the generics, the industry specifics, and then the marketing specific stuff. So what on earth is going on here? Well, here's what I think they've done. They've basically identified the target audiences for each of their products. They then thought about all of the questions that these audiences might ask when they're ready to buy. This is what we call bottom of the funnel, right? When someone is ready to buy, they're searching for things which imply they are about to make a purchase. For example, they've got a guide on social media tools. Uh, what's this one called? It's called Top Social Media Tools You Need to Use in 2023. This is designed to get people who are sort of right at the research or sort of the consideration stage of the buyer journey where they're about to make a purchase. So they've got a guide there and then you can click a demo to get HubSpot. That's bottom of the funnel. Then they've got middle of the funnel stuff. This is like the lead generation guide. People who know that they have a problem, they're not necessarily looking for a HubSpot type solution, but they know they've got a problem and HubSpot might be able to solve that problem. So the guide to lead generation is searched for by somebody who needs to generate more leads and then they might end up becoming a HubSpot customer. Then they think about all of the related questions that might mean somebody needs a solution later on. This would be top of the funnel. So this, an example of top of funnel content for HubSpot would be uh, this one here, HTTP 500 internal server error, what it means and how to fix it. So how does this possibly relate to CM, uh, CMSs and CRMs? Well, someone who's searching for this has a broken website, they don't know what to do to fix it. So potentially they could be a possible HubSpot customer further down the line because HubSpot has a sort of basic website CMS type thing as part of their product. Another example of this might be the email signature generator. So how to set up an email signature in Outlook. 
and then they've got a little tool that you can use to create your free email signature. So this is really top of the funnel stuff because some of these people might turn into HubSpot customers, but plenty of them won't. Now, does this stuff actually generate business for HubSpot? Well, it seems to. They've been running about 23K a month of PPC traffic to the email signature generator, and they've been running PPC traffic to this page for uh, for three years now. So they're not dumb that you know, they're spending a lot of money, they're spending um, over a million dollars a month on PPC. But they're tracking it. Clearly, they're getting the data about who's signing up through each landing page. So we can assume that driving traffic to the email signature generator is making enough revenue on HubSpot sales to be worthwhile. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been doing it for three years. So clearly, this top of the funnel stuff works. And they've got enough mechanism in the back end with their email marketing and their email automation to move people down the journey down the funnel into making a purchase. So that's where it sort of ends for most businesses. You have content on your website targeting bottom of funnel, mid funnel and top of funnel. And by the way, if you want to see me drawing this out on my iPad making an absolutely dreadful job of it, then go to our YouTube channel and just search for Exposure Ninja HubSpot and you'll find the video teardown. That's where most businesses stop, right? They, they create content targeting people at different stages of the funnel and then they're happy with that and then they generate leads, make money from that traffic, all good news. Well, what if you've got unlimited budget and you're totally crazy? If those conditions are met, then you can do what HubSpot has done, which is to go out of the top of the funnel, like blasting straight out of the top of the funnel. Think Thunderbird 1 launching through the swimming pool out of the building into the stratosphere, which is basically what HubSpot has done, shooting out the top of the funnel. And they've instead thought about what is any question that any person in this job would ever ask, whether or not if they're going to become a customer of HubSpot one day, what is any question that they could possibly ask in any aspect of their job. And that's how you get some of the absolutely crazy content that HubSpot has, like the ultimate guide to Google Sheets, which is ranking if you search for Google Sheets. So what on earth has the ultimate guide to Google Sheets got to do with HubSpot or motivational quotes or whatever. Well, the theory is that if this traffic is cheap enough, and you can get high enough volume of it, you only need a very small percentage to convert to become an email sign up. And you only need a very small percentage of that traffic to turn into a customer. That's the theory. If you've got the budget to produce this stuff, and you've got the budget to promote it to build links to it, then you only need a very small number of these people to ever turn into a customer for it to be worthwhile. Now, the chances of someone becoming a customer of HubSpot because they've Googled Google Sheets, I mean, it's not zero, but let's be honest, it's really, really low. So they've got a vast amount of this content, which I would say is, has a very, very low likelihood of any sort of commercial payback. They've got huge volumes of this published on their website. In fact, they've got over 41,000 ranking pages on their site. The page that's receiving the most traffic on HubSpot's website is their famous quotes page. So the vast majority of the traffic on this HubSpot site is nowhere near being commercialized. It's nowhere near producing revenue. But even if you've got massive holes in the net, every so often, you're going to catch a whale. And that seems to be HubSpot's strategy here. For most businesses, this makes no sense at all. Stick to targeting people that are in the marketing funnel, stick to people that are in top of funnel at very, very most. Don't go beyond that. Don't go into the stratosphere. There's just absolutely no need.
Okay. There's another couple of types of, uh, of sort of stuff uh, HubSpot publishes on their site, which seems to do pretty well for them. The first category is tools. So they've got some free tools on their site. We talk a lot about free tools and calculators and stuff, and HubSpot does a pretty good job of this. So they've got tools like a free meeting scheduler. And this is pretty cool because it's a bit like a Calendly thing, if you've seen that. So, you know, you click to book a time on someone and then you fill in their email address or whatever, and you can find a time to meet with them. Now, this is a great tool for HubSpot to give away free because it's kind of like a gateway drug to their main CRM. They get someone started with this. They have to set up a HubSpot account to do it. They get used to the HubSpot interface. And of course, once they're in the ecosystem, they might now be thinking, okay, well, maybe I want to set my calendar appointments up as contacts in the HubSpot CRM. And gradually, 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 that person becomes more and more embedded in HubSpot. HubSpot wraps its tentacles around them until they become a customer. So I really like this strategy of using free tools. Uh, the equivalent for other businesses would be some sort of free sample, uh, which can be a great way of getting people using the product, even if they don't pay. Um, but, you know, they're at least in the ballpark of, of, of being customers. Another strategy that they're using is calculators. They've got loads of different calculators uh, that they publish. In fact, I'm looking here at uh, 2,282 different ranking terms that HubSpot is ranking for with the word calculator in. They've got things like weighted average calculators, pay calculators, um, salary paycheck calculators, HubSpot ROI calculators, looking at one here, which is an advertising ROI calculator, you fill in a whole bunch of stuff, you move a whole bunch of different sliders, and it gives you projected return on your ad spend so that you can calculate how much you want to spend on your PPC. This is awesome. This is great. Now, I have a massive problem with, in particular, the advertising ROI calculator in that there is no call to action on this page. This is potentially someone who's come onto the site to calculate the ROI of their ads, which means that they're in a marketing team, which means that they could be a potential HubSpot customer. And HubSpot isn't even trying to convert that person madness. They'll try and convert the motivational quotes person, they'll try and get that person into their email database. But someone who's calculating how much to spend in their ad account, no, we're just hopefully they'll become a HubSpot customer at some point. This is chaos. But hey, at least they're trying, at least they're getting this content out there. Another great thing, this is the final thing that we're going to touch on with their content strategy before we move on to PPC. But you've often heard us talk about, this is really common with software companies, but also it's used for a whole bunch of different companies, is running comparisons. So comparing you versus a competitor. And what you're trying to do here is you're trying to rank for, well, let's say that you're a CRM like HubSpot. You know a whole bunch of people are out there using MailChimp or about to use MailChimp or considering using MailChimp. So they're going to be searching for things like MailChimp versus MailChimp alternatives, MailChimp versus HubSpot. So of course, you would expect HubSpot to have a post, MailChimp versus HubSpot. And they do. And it ranks top of Google for MailChimp versus HubSpot, which is great. And then they do exactly what we'd hope they would do in this post, which will be to compare MailChimp versus HubSpot being honest enough that it looks credible, but of course, positioning HubSpot as the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world and encouraging people to get started free. So far, so standard. This is what we'd recommend for any software company. But interestingly, they actually take this to another level by not only comparing themselves against competitors, they actually 
actually have a whole bunch of content on their site which compares competitors against each other. So if you search for Constant Contact versus MailChimp, they're ranking top position, position one on Google in the US for that term with a guide on Constant Contact versus MailChimp. So here potentially they're like the, you know, like that sneaky animal that dresses up as its, uh, as its prey and then another a prey animal comes and tries to mate with it and then there's like haha i'm your predator that's um, yeah um, i don't know the the team might edit that one out that's a little bit strange but they're they're sort of here in disguise so i'm comparing constant contact versus mailchimp i'm not even thinking about hubspot oh what's this it's a comparison article and it's on the hubspot website but the, again it feels like they're dropping the ball on the goal line here because they've actually just done a legit comparison between mailchimp and constant contact they haven't mentioned HubSpot on this page. They haven't had a CTA, which actually says something like, you know, actually MailChimp and Constant Contact, yeah, they're not really all that. You should sign up for HubSpot instead. They haven't done that. They've just offered a straightforward comparison of these two services. I can't understand why they're not trying to get leads from this traffic, given that it's so qualified. It's so relevant. But hey, you know, maybe there's something about people searching for color wheels that makes them higher commercial intent who knows good strategy but yeah it feels like they've just dropped the ball on the goal line and uh, by the way if you want some help with your digital marketing and you want some analysis of your competitors like this we have the free website and marketing review which offers exactly that so we analyze your website and your competitors and we map you out a prioritized 12 month plan that you can put in place to hit your marketing goals this service is totally free of charge. Just go to exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. The reviews are absolutely fantastic. You will love it. You'll be sent a video, usually within a couple of working days, which shows you exactly what to prioritize over the next 12 months. So exposureninja.com forward slash review. Right, let's move on to have a look at HubSpot's pay-per-click because there's another channel that they've been using heavily over the years. Now, you can see how their pay-per-click advertising has changed over time if you're using SEMrush, which you can get a free trial of at thankyouninjas.com. They've been using PPC since the very, very early days, really, really early days. So back in 2012, spending about 12K a month, um, they didn't actually get into six figures of ad spend until sort of late 20, uh, yeah, late 2018 is when they really got into, um, into six figures uh, every month of ad spend. And then definitely into 2019 and beyond, they were well into uh, six figures and they're now spending around 1.3 million dollars per month to advertise in the US alone on Google search. Now what's their strategy? What's their strategy? There's basically three types of phrases that they're targeting. Firstly, branded terms. They're spending about 1.1 million of that 1.3 million on targeting HubSpot, basically defending their brand name against the other CRM companies that are trying to get that traffic. Now, of course, we have to take that 1.1 million with a pinch of salt because it's an estimate based on competitor PPC bids on the HubSpot keyword. In all likelihood, HubSpot isn't spending anywhere near $23 per click for its HubSpot traffic because obviously it's going to have massive quality scores on its ads. It's going to have huge click-through rate um, and uh, super metrics there. So it's probably spending a lot less than that. But SEMrush is showing about 1.1 of that 1.3 is going on branded traffic. Then we've got traffic targeting CRM terms. They're spending five figures a month, solid five figures a month here. They have tried spending more on this 
uh, going up to about 330k a month in September 2022, but they dropped it down fairly quickly. So I'm assuming the ROI just wasn't there. Now, one of the reasons that the ROI might not be there is the CRM software type phrases are pretty expensive. We're looking at 14 to $16 per click. And you've got to imagine if you're converting, say, 10% of those on a good day, to uh you know to a free trial and then you're maybe converting i don't know some percentage of that into actually paying customers it could be quite hard there could be quite a long uh period before you're getting that customer acquisition cost paid off uh, by the software cost so then they've you know they're settled on a on, on a on a budget of around 50 to 60k a month it seems on the different crm type phrases and they do offer a free crm as their call to action so my guess is they're trying to convert much as much of that traffic as possible uh, they're not really looking for quality they're trying to target a really wide net for anybody who might be searching crm software so they can sort of indoctrinate them over time through email marketing the final category of ppc phrases that they're targeting are what i'm calling the templates and the tools so think back to the um, the email signature one, for example, right? They're spending about 70 sort of high five figures uh, a month on, this is just in the US, of course, there's different budgets around the world, but spending high five figures a month, uh, again, US and on desktop only, on the business plan template, the email signature templates, uh, the how to create an email signature and Outlook, the schedule appointment, the social media calendar, all of these templates and tools that they've got. And again, the goal is just to get those email signups. They know that these people are somewhat into marketing or somewhat into entrepreneurship so that they can get them in their list and market to them over time. The reason that they'll be targeting this traffic is it's very low cost. Okay, so think about if there's some low cost traffic that you could be getting in your business because it's quite difficult for other people to monetize it. For example, business plan templates, who's going to be monetizing that? Well, if you can spend $3 a click on it and you know that a percentage of those people are going to go on to start a business and they're going to need a CRM software, yes, it's a very long term play, but obviously it can work in some situations and it seems to be working for HubSpot because they've been doing it for well over a decade now. Okay. Um, let's talk about conversion rate optimization. We've been talking about how they're driving traffic. Let's talk about what they've been sending that traffic to and HubSpot's website in particular over the years. So I'm looking at a version of HubSpot's website from 2007. It's reassuringly rubbish. Um, if you want to see these, by the way, go to the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel and have a look for the HubSpot video there. But even though this website is fairly standard for 2007, i.e. tiny, very basic design, all that type of stuff, we can still see the genesis of the marketing decisions that have helped them become the business that they are today. The main call to action very prominently placed is request a demo, which is fairly standard for software companies uh, of that era because you couldn't actually get people signing up through some sort of interface very easily. You normally had to have some sort of back end where you'd have to set them up and all that type of thing. So we've got request a demo, nice bold call to action. We've also got the website grader tool. And we can see here how even in the early days of HubSpot, they recognize that having these tools and these calculators could be a great way to capture people, to get them into HubSpot's email marketing so they can uh, promote them over time. So we're doing that as early as 2007. Respect for that. And I think actually Darmesh, uh, the, one of the founders of HubSpot, built that himself, I remember him saying. Now, if we fast forward to 2012, so five years later, we can see that the requested demo call to action has been joined by 
a free trial call to action. And this is a really sensible decision for businesses that have a fairly high commitment primary call to action like request a demo. Request a demo is potentially scary for people because it means that there's going to have to be some sort of human contact. And if they're not a good fit for this, then that could be potentially an awkward conversation where they don't want to spend the money or they don't think they're right and they've got to let someone down. So it makes sense to have an alternative drop down CTA like free trial, which is much lower commitment and allows someone to just have a play on their own time. So I really like that. Super sensible. We can also see the content strategy is still alive and kicking. They're promoting a free ebook all on how to use Pinterest for business, which is basically, you know, fast forward to today and we've got the icebreaker games to play with your team and stuff like that. So it's a pretty straightforward uh, progression to where we are today. By 2016, uh, their website had gone really kind of strange. They'd gone super clear on their inbound marketing thing. And if I remember correctly, 2016 was about when HubSpot was sort of peak cult about this inbound marketing methodology. They really wanted to build a sort of manifesto vibe about how this thing was the future of marketing. So the messaging on their website around this era is really along those lines marketing platforms, stop interrupting, start connecting, sales software, stop cold calling, start closing. This is all about, you know, emotive language to try and get you to think in their way. Unfortunately, all of this has come at the expense of good quality calls to action. So this website layout didn't actually last too long uh, before it was replaced. And by 2019, we could see that they'd gone back to a much more direct response, big, bold call to action, get HubSpot free as the main CTA. Now, get HubSpot free is really interesting, very low commitment CTA there. Um, but obviously, if someone is a decision maker in a larger company and they don't want to have to go through the process of playing with this stuff themselves, actually, that might not be the best CTA for them. So we can see that if we if we fast forward again to today, we can see we're back to the dual call to action of get a demo or get started free. And this sort of dual layer CTA repeats throughout the HubSpot website. I think it's really smart. It takes us all the way back to 2012. This is exactly what they had in 2012. And then they've gone sort of around the houses and actually arrived back at this in 2023. I think it makes loads of sense. Again, for businesses that have a high commitment CTA, having a softer, lower commitment, easier, slippery slope secondary CTA is a really, really smart move. Okay. These are the channels that have made HubSpot billions. This is the strategy that has made HubSpot billions. Targeting search, website, very strong CTAs, trying to capture leads everywhere they possibly can. Soft CTAs, demo CTAs, which are designed for the larger decision makers and people who don't have the time to play with this stuff themselves. What are they playing with now? What are they betting on to go even further into the next level? Well, they've I don't know if you know too much about HubSpot, but they've actually set up a podcast network. This is really interesting and reminds me of the Red Bull marketing strategy. If you've seen our YouTube video on Red Bull's digital marketing strategy, it's along a similar sort of lines. Now, what Red Bull seem to have identified is that rather than paying to advertise on other events and paying to advertise on TV and paying to advertise in magazines, they can instead just start the magazine, start the TV channel, start their own events. And HubSpot has kind of done this. So they've bought a whole bunch of different podcasts, 33 by my reckoning. And these podcasts are all 
their target audience is the HubSpot target audience. These are people in business, they're in marketing. They've got shows like uh, My First Million, which is sort of uh, business owner oriented, I guess. Uh, Billion Dollar Moves, again, that's quite business owner oriented. Over to Marketing Made Simple, Online Marketing Made Easy, um, the Side Hustle Pro. These are all, you know, business, these are all podcasts which are designed for a business audience, either in marketing or business ownership, which is kind of HubSpot's audience as well. And it, they've just bought the show, right? They've bought the show and that means that they can put their ads sort of throughout the content without having to pay. They don't have to have sponsorship fees or anything like that. It's a really big, really bold move, but they've got the cash to do it. Uh, they don't mind, they don't seem to mind, you know, being constrained by trivialities like annual profit. So they're happy to do this. They're happy to invest in this. It'll mean more customer acquisition, more visibility with the audience that they're going after. They've also targeted certifications. Now we've talked about certifications on the show before, but certifications can be a great strategy to get your target audience doing your selling for you, really. So by offering an inbound marketing certification, for example, HubSpot is essentially training potential customers in how to use its software. It's giving them a little badge that they can show off on their LinkedIn and that they can talk to people about. And of course, when they're talking to people about it, when they're showing off to their friends on LinkedIn, what they're really doing is they're pushing HubSpot's message. They're building brand awareness for inbound marketing. They're building brand awareness for HubSpot. And of course, they've just spent whatever it is, five hours learning basically how to use HubSpot software. So this is a fantastic way, the certification strategy, fantastic way of kind of flying under the radar and really embedding yourself with your target audience. We see a similar thing with, you know, Google Analytics certification, Google Ads certification. What are they all for? They're just there for, you know, Cialdini's consistency principle to get you hooked on their thing, to get you learning about how to use their thing and to get you telling everyone that you know that you know how to use their thing. Super, super smart. So there you have it. That's HubSpot's strategy that's built them to where they are today and some of the big plays that they're hoping take them to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, drop us a comment. Please subscribe or follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Don't forget to request your free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. Just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and I'll see you next week.